0: Coming up on this special Kaiser Chiefs 50th Anniversary Tribute episode, the man who talked Chiefs into life, Hewitt, the Lip Nene, riotous fans, angry mobs and murder, silky smooth skills, style and glamour, Jimi Hendrix and the three days of peace in Woodstock, Sipo Hot Sticks Mabuse and the Beaters, and a man named Nelson who changed the course of history. Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Swoom Jigeliso, your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. As Kaiser Chiefs turned 50... One felt that the tributes and speeches made were only about the brand and its chairperson and had nothing to do with the club's real founders, most notably Hewitt, the Lip, Nene. Bobby Mutawung once remarked that Chiefs was a family business. But real Chiefs fans know that there would be no mega brand without Firebrand, Hewitt Nene. Nene was dubbed the Lip because of his incessant, fast-talking style and his habit of driving around with a loud hailer. He used his loud hailer to publicize matches, especially Chiefs and Orlando Pirates derbies. He was Padko Mafani long before Padko Mafani. He was debonair, charismatic, flamboyant. It is said that when he came to the Golden City from Durban's Reservoir Hills, the Banana City, he did so with a bang. His forte was to run grocery stores and filling stations, but soccer was his life. He was blessed with natural leadership qualities and proved to be an astute administrator. His witty quotes were a reporter's dream. It came as no surprise then when he got a role as Orlando Pirates team manager, talent scout, and public relations officer, otherwise known as the PRO. This was in the early 1960s and he became best friends with the club's top striker a lanky left-footed ball juggler named kaiser Mutawung. thanks to his live wire personality the lips impact was immediate he was a master of hype and when cases 11 split from orlando pirates nene's marketing genius and master hype skills contributed to Keza Chiefs' overnight success as a sporting brand. In 1969, Mutawung was in his second season at Atlanta Chiefs in the U.S. when Nene got into trouble with Pirates management. He had a case in his defense, but his outspokenness could have contributed to his suspension and that of other players. Rata Greaves, Mkhua Thomas Zero Johnson, Edward Koza. Nene was subsequently beaten up by a crowd of hooligans believed to be pirate supporters all because he had given a lift to those three players who had been found guilty of gross insubordination. They were assaulted, the players alleged, at a general meeting by club officials and fans for having participated in unauthorized off-season games in Botswana. Nene's crime was coming to their defence. He was aggrieved by the administrator's hypocrisy. Another player, Percy Chipa Muloy, had also played and coached in Swaziland in the off-season. But there had been no consequences for Muloy. Nene announced he was done with football after that. But deep down, he wasn't quite done. Not by a long shot. But he took a bit of a detour on his comeback trail. Nene soon teamed up with four schoolboys from Orlando West High who dreamt of making it big in the music industry. They were drummer Sipo Hotsticks Mabuse, bassist Om Alek Kaoli, guitarist Monty Saitana Ndimande, and their leader Selby Nduli. They called themselves The Beaters. And for a while, the lip was happy to be their PRO. Showbiz was the perfect distraction from the cutthroat politics of football. It's from this time that he fell in love for the love and peace sign. In August of 1969, against the backdrop of the civil rights movement and protests against the Vietnam War, half a million people converged on a small dairy farm in the state of New York outside Woodstock to hear Joe Corker, Jimi Hendrix, the graceful dead, the Who, Janis Joplin, and other musical icons in a concert billed Three Days of Peace and Music. It was a defining moment in the hippie movement and counterculture revolution in the U.S. Like many rock and rollers across the world, the beaters caught the Woodstock fever and adopted the festival's message of love and peace. Love and peace, as we now know, has become synonymous with the Kaiser Chiefs brand. They are sometimes known as Abafana Bogutula and Okolo, their love and peace boys. Nene's love for football got the better of him. Just six months after teaming up with the beaters, he had been keeping a keen eye on developments at Orlando Pirates, where things that would change the course of history were happening pretty fast. Zero Johnson, Rata Mokuatlen and Somi Kosa eventually got expelled from Orlando Pirates. But Nene, being Nene, seized the opportunity. He swooped on Kaiser Mutawong and convinced him and the three expelled former Pirates players to form an invitational side, the Kaiser 11. Mutawong acquiesced, and the Kaiser 11 would form the foundations of the club we now famously know as Kaiser Chiefs.
1: I think it's the timing was correct it was it was probably the right time to start it because one of the things at the time was that uh, there were maybe one or two teams the two teams that were dominating and of course there was this fragmentation of our sport in South Africa so there was uh, you know a lot of things were not in 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 in, 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 a, in, a, in, in how we they should be so in the main is because we when we started we identified the need for us to to actually touch the communities to be in touch with the communities and this this was our, one of our strategies in terms of recruiting players because when we started we played friendly matches around the country and we made sure every part that we touched if there was great talent there or maybe an outstanding player we able to get the player to play for us and this is how we amassed the support from each and every, in fact, what we did was uh, as a strategy too in terms of our supporters club, was that the supporters club branches, they themselves identify the talent so that when we come to play there, they have already identified the, the players that we need to look at. So we got the communities involved. And in return, obviously we did quite a few CSI things that clubs were not doing in their local uh, you know, environment. So we actually got in touch with the people.
0: The Lip was still a brilliant talent scout, and he almost single handedly assembled a team of remarkably talented footballers for that Kaiser Eleven: Patrick Asin Zolengwe, Joseph Banksitrodi, Petrus Tenten Zimande, Jackie Asinamali Masike, Iliakim Prokumalo, Abednigew Shaka Ngobo, Ingle Singh, Vincent Tanti Julius, Ariel Pro Kungwane, the captain, and Jan Malombo Lichaba. He even managed to lure players from neighboring states, such as Herman Pele Blanche from Namibia and Abyssin Shugamguyo from Zimbabwe. And he wasn't done. Perhaps Nana's biggest coup of all was Brazilian maestro Jezinho, who, along with the real Pele, was the star of the 1970 World Cup winning side. Saturday, the 20th, of December 1969 was the day the public got to see, for the first time, this team of rebels. Kaiser Eleven faced a Transvaal Colored Professional Soccer League Invitational eleven at the Union Stadium in Newlands, west of Johannesburg. Almost as if written in the stars, Kaiser Chinjakuluva Mutawung himself scored the team's first ever goal on their way to a thrilling victory. They had announced themselves with a bang. Their fame and infamy quickly caught fire. The following day, they beat a Springs Invitational side, 9-1 in Guatemala, playing a slick, stylish, and entertaining brand of football. The Keza 11 played a number of friendlies in the ensuing months before eventually on the 7th of January, 1970, as the Chiefs was born.
1: Well, first and foremost, when we started the club, I, I made it uh, a point, in fact, with those uh, founding fathers to say, if we are going to embark on starting a club, it has to be uh, uh, based on uh, business principles, and which means there, there has to be clear, proper guidelines in terms of how we administer the club. So, it is, it is out of that uh, <clears throat> thought that we thought we, we need to put something solid because the fear when we started was that a lot of people thought uh, this thing will not last. So I said, I'm prepared to put my neck on it as long as we can be able to put uh, good structures behind behind this, this whole whole setup.
0: While the Glamour boys were doing the business on the field, even winning 14-2 against the Namibian invitational side, Nene was doing some shrewd recruitment in the background. It became patently clear that no player was out of reach for the irrepressible Nene. Whether you were a big name or an unknown, Nene would try to sign you. Jomo Sono, the greatest buccaneer to ever live, remembered how Nene had the goal to try poach him from Orlando Pirates. The riotous Pirates fans weren't having any of it. And when they saw Nene at Sono's home in Orlando East, they swooped on him and chased him away. He would travel the length and breadth of the country to watch amateur games on dusty township fields and remote villages. And this is how he picked up language. perhaps the greatest Chiefs player there ever was. At each turn, Nene would get assaulted by angry supporters from rival teams for attempting to woo their players to his and Kaiser's new band. His sweet tongue could both unite and divide. He was adept at calming angry crowds, such as when he managed to cool tempers of angry Hellenic fans who were not happy at being 2-0 down to the Glamour Boys at the old Rand Stadium in Johannesburg. As missiles rained from the stands onto the field, administrators ran for cover, but not Nene. Like the great orator he was, he stood in front of the riotous fans, flailed his arms, and somehow managed to calm everybody down. It was a crazy time in South African football. The domestic game was ruled by irascible officials who would disrupt games if the results weren't going their way. One famous story is that of Moroka Swallow's team manager, Elijah Nklappo, stabbing the match ball because his team was losing. Nene was not immune to such pettiness. Sometime in the mid-1970s, legend has it, Nene lost it during a Chiefs Pirates game in Port Elizabeth after Sono had put the Buccaneers in front with two quick-fire goals. Nene did the unthinkable and drove his Chevy Impala onto the field and simply parked it there. The match was abandoned. The lip's life on the fast lane and his confrontations with angry fans often put him in dangerous situations. None more so, than when he was on a mission to sign a talented player, such as when he left for Springs on the 10th of August in 1976 to sign 21-year-old sensation Nelson, teenage Lala. Laza was playing for Pilkington United Brothers in Guatemala at the time, and as a schoolboy at Sakula High School playing with seniors, Lala idolized Esen Lengwe and Jomosono. He played in a way that was an old to those two great talents. It didn't take the lip long to cotton on to Lala's talents, and soon he made contact with his parents about a possible move to the Perni Glamour Boys. When Lala heard the news from his parents, he was jubilant, but not everyone shared in his excitement. So on that fateful day in August 1976, Nene made the trip to the East Rand to seal the deal. Little did he know that it would be his final voyage. As Nene made his way into the township, yet another angry mob was awaiting him. And this one meant business. Glad was not leaving Guatemala, or there would be bloodshed. Nene, belligerent as always, thought he could sweet-talk his way out of this situation as well. But the hooligans paid for blood. They stabbed him, repeatedly. Yanli Chaba who was with Nene that day, managed to escape, but the lip had met his final destination. Ewet Nene died at the hands of that angry mob that day, but his legacy lived well beyond his or anyone else's imagination. Reflecting back on it years later, Raja spoke fondly about the man who literally gave his life for him. I never knew Nene personally, But because he died for my sake, this tragedy has always haunted me, Zlazla said to Sam Mate. I felt I owed Nene a debt of gratitude and loyalty for making it possible for me to play for the country's top team. Teenage Zlazla was a wild success at Chiefs and was an immediate hit with the supporters. By then, though, the Chiefs dynasty was in full flow. In 1971, With Mutawung still playing abroad, they won the 1971 Life Challenge Cup. They won the BP Top 8 three times between 1973 and 1976 and were champion of champions three times from 1972 to 1976 under the then National Professional Soccer League, the NPSL. Mutawung returned from the United States, where he played for Atlanta Chiefs and later Denver Dynamos, to take up an administrative role at the club Nene helped form. He once reflected that he was meant to be in Guatemala the day Nene perished, but luckily he never made the trip. Over the years, Amakosi became a juggernaut of a club and accumulated a slew of trophies along the way. They were known as cup specialists, and since winning their first league title in 1974, back in the NPSL days, they've collected nine league titles in total, five in the NPSL and four in the Premier Soccer League that was formed in 1996. They were also African Cup Winners Cup champions in 2001, the same year they were named the CAF African Club of the Year, over the years, players such as Dr. Kumalo, the late pro-Kumalo's son, Tabo Tsikitsiki Moke, Mwoki, Marks Goldman Go Maponyane, Robson Muchichwa, Brian Spider-Man Baloy, Siabonga Belenomvete, Patrick Mabedi, Jacob Asina Mali Chiseve, Cyril Nzama, Collins Besuma, Lucas Katebe, Jabu Shufflepule, Emmanuel Skara Ngobese, the man dubbed Black Jesus, have all donned the famous black and gold of Amakosi.
1: Well, maybe fortunately, it's because I, I was a player myself and I know what, what goes through the players' minds. And I, through, I know, also know, even though I, I did also coach the club for a very short time, but I, I knew also what, I know what the coaches go through. and And therefore, for, for us to be very very fair to the coaches, we, we need to give them not only time but support so that they can be able to execute and be able to deliver uh, on their part but also the players too. Uh, you, you have to understand that uh, at the end of the day it's, it's all a team effort. and today's game has evolved because it's no longer about an individual like a coach you don't rely on the coach. The strength of a team is putting together a very strong technical team because uh, the, the, the technical team has to have different expertise that all contribute towards the same goal so that the team can be able to 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 benefit from that so so that they can be able to execute their plan so soccer has evolved and uh, it is no longer that those days where it you relied on one person and the coach who calls the shots and and, and also where you had owners who, 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 who thought they, they know the game better than the coach. So maybe fortunately it's because I play the game myself and I know what it takes and what the, all these elements go through.
0: As Chiefs celebrate its 50th anniversary this year, the current crop is looking to add to the team's illustrious history. At the time of recording, Amakosi led the Apsa Premiership League. One of the stars of the current generation, Lebuhang Manyama, spoke of the honor of representing such a huge brand and historic football club. And playing for Chiefs in its 50th anniversary uh, year, what does that mean? It's a huge honor. It's a huge honor. You know, it's something
2: I think probably it it, it will never be forgotten, you know, we'll just be part of the history, you know, because obviously, you know, Chiefs is a very big team, you know, obviously the couple of years, past couple of years have been successful, you know, but I think we are slowly coming there, you know, but yeah, we we take it one game at a time, you know, we keep on trying every day to improve on on things that we we, we don't do well in the past games or probably in the past training session, you know, but it's a huge honour to be part of such an institution, you know, it's, a, it's probably, I think, by far the best you know institution I've I've seen in South Africa. You know, the way it's so run, mm-hmm. the professionalism, the fans. I don't think there's there's a team that's sold out games like we have this season. You know? <laughs> yeah, there was, a time was just you know, yeah, game after game, game after game, sold different provinces. You know, out. so yeah, you have to understand that you're representing. Millions and millions, and people love Chiefs so much. So you have to give 150 percent each and every day. whether It's a training, whether it's matches. Yeah. you have to be at your best, you know. But obviously, you cannot be at your best every day. But at least try, you know. We try to show that we play for the bench with a lot of passion, you know. And a lot I, don't of know said, I
0: don't know who said. I don't know who said Chiefs doesn't play any away games. <laughs> yeah, we. I don't think like... we have been away game
2: because everywhere we have the most fans. Yeah, you know, yeah. Obviously, yeah. that comes with with winning games you know and if we keep on doing well then we keep on having more fans you know coming Mm -hmm. to the stadium because the end of the day these people pay their money you know Mm -hmm. some even bet with their money you know Mm -hmm. to to watch us so you have to know that you have to give your best each and every day i know sometimes it doesn't work out they get angry but yeah we, we are also human beings we cannot be perfect each and every day you know but we try to give 150 in all the games that we play and Make sure that we come out on top, you know, and obviously make sure that it's it's good for their money's worth, you know. So, so yeah, we're very grateful for the support, you know, and and we'll keep on trying to get better and better. Now,
0: finally, what could you learn from Keiza Mutawung Senior? Uh, he's like the father figure, obviously. At Kaiser Chiefs not 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 just the Chiefs. I mean, he's a person admired in the business world. He's admired throughout football. Um, let alone what a skillful and talented player he was, he became a national and national treasure. To have him, like you know, in the same corridors as as Naturine, as you guys every day, do you guys actually appreciate the fact that here you are, you know, playing for this club, but also is there if you want to speak to to the chairman, shake his hand? Yeah, I think I think the, the best thing about the chairman is that he's he's so
2: humble, you know, he's mm-hmm. so down to earth. You can see how how he got to be where he he is today and why he put chiefs where chiefs is today. you know you can see that he 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 breathes probably the club you know he's mm. so humble you know after all the achievements you can see that he still wants chiefs to get better he still wants to be a better person you know, and I think the humanity is the is the best thing about him, and I think it's a, it's what's made uh, him build such an institution but also. Contributes so much in South Africa in terms of football and, and all the businesses that he is involved in. You know, it's because I think he's so humble and hardworking. You know, and and I think that drops off everyone at the village. You know, and and you could see that uh, the club is brought to uh, was brought up with a lot of of love. You know, and 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 a lot of hard work through him. You know, but also you know through the person that he is. You know, and we I think we're very lucky to. To be there, you know, first and foremost, I think that's one thing that he, he, he keeps on repeating, that, you know, we must know that everybody wants to... There's a lot of people that want to be a Chiefs, but we are the chosen ones, you know, so we must appreciate, first and foremost, him and appreciate being Keza Chiefs players, you know, because yeah. it's, it's not everyone that can be there, and that's why we have to fight for the patch. We can week out and also... Uh, show gratitude, you know, for what the chairman has done for Keza Chiefs and South African football.
0: Yeah, and uh, now, I don't want to jinx it, but that trophy, (laughs) the a (laughs) premiership, do you want to see yourselves holding it at the end of the uh, season? Yeah, obviously, we, we, we would love to,
2: you know, we would love to, but same, I think it's the same at Sundance, it's the same at Vets the same with pirates with how they're playing right now you know super sport always in the mix mm-hmm. you know we would love to but it's, it's not something that we we talk about you know we talk about the next game trying to be better tomorrow trying to be better the day after tomorrow you know we don't think about the 9th of May but yeah we are human you know obviously it crosses your mind <laughs> you yeah, try to picture yeah. yourself you know uh Holding that trophy, but, you know, we've got stiff challenges. We're still coming, you know. We know Sundowns will never give up. You know, Pirates will always be there. Vets are very mm-hmm. a very tough team. Yeah. You know, to play against Supersport, very good. I think that's more or less the, the top six that... That's, that's the other five teams that are behind us, you know. Those are the teams that we know that we still have to play. You know, we still have to play Sundowns. We still have to play Pirates. We have to play Vets twice, you know, and... The gap that we have could all be gone in those games, you know. So it's so important that we just think about the next game, you know, and then after that game, we think about the next one, you know, not try to think about the end product or where we're going to end up. I think it's just to enjoy the moment and try to be better in the next game and just take it one day
0: at a time, you know. Excellent stuff. This was the Kaiser Chiefs' 50th anniversary tribute episode, written and narrated by me, Spum Jigeliso, host of the Sports Live podcast. The script is an adaptation of Sam Marta's article in the sowetan on Friday, the 10th of January 2020, titled, Forgotten Story of the Man Who Talked Chiefs Into Life. The link to the story will be shared on Sports Live's episode page on timeslive.co.za. This special episode was edited by Paige Muller. Sports Live is a multimedia live production. But special thanks for this episode go out to SABC sports journalist Veli Lembuli, who provided the Kaza Mutawung audio clips, as well as Mpo Sekoto, manager for Lebohang Manyama, who organized the interview another special mention goes out to SABC commentator and analyst Udo Carlser and Justice Killian for providing the studio for the Manyama interview the Sports Live podcast can be found on all your podcast platforms Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Pocket CastBox and on all Arena Holdings web platforms Times Live Sowetin Live BD Live Dispatch Live and Herald Live Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get in touch with us on social media, use the hashtag SportsLive or follow me at Spoo underscore Mjigeliso on Twitter for regular updates.